0: welcome back to blowing off steam with wesley kettle today we're going to be discussing the easter island heads and some of the history of easter island and let's get into it please clap hello and thank you to all of those who did clap Today we're going to be talking about Easter Island, but before we get to the heads and all the mystery surrounding them, I think that we should do some history on the island. So, Easter Island covers roughly 64 square miles in the South Pacific Ocean, and is located some 2,300 miles from Chile's west coast. Known as Rapa Nui to its earliest inhabitants, the island was called posse land or easter island by dutch explorers in honor of the day of their arrival in 1722 now it was annexed by chile in the late 19th century and now maintains an economy based largely on tourism easter island's most popular tourism option is an array of almost 900 giant stone figures that date back many centuries The statues reveal their creators to be master craftsmen and engineers and are distinctive among other stone sculptures found in Polynesian cultures. There has been much speculation about the exact purpose of the statues, the role they played in ancient civilization of Easter Island, and the way they may have been constructed and transported. The first human inhabitants of Rapa Nui, the Polynesian name for Easter Island, and its Spanish name is Isla de Pascua. but they are believed to have arrived in an organized party of immigrants. Archaeology dates their arrival at between 700 to 800 AD, while linguists estimate it was around the year 400. I don't know why linguists estimate that, maybe because they know the language of the times and they can tell by... What they speak or whatever. I don't know. I, there were cave drawings. There was a cave named Cannibal Cave. And people speculate that they ate each other at some point. I don't know. Now tradition holds that the first king of Rapa Nui was Hoto Matua. A ruler from a Polynesian subgroup. Possibly from the Marquesa Islands. whose ship traveled thousands of miles before landing at Anakina one of the few sandy beaches on the island's rocky coast. The greatest evidence for the rich culture developed by the original settlers of Rapa Nui and their descendants is the existence of nearly 900 giant stone statues that have been found in diverse locations around the island. Averaging 13 feet high with a weight of 13 tons, these enormous stone busts known as moai were carved out of tuff, which is the light porous rock that's formed by the volcanic ash, and they have a volcano on the island, so that's why that rock is there. And they were placed atop ceremonial stone platforms called ahus. It is still unknown precisely why these statues were constructed in such numbers and on such a scale, or how they were moved around the island. Archaeological excavations of Easter Island revealed three distinct cultural phases. The early period, 700-850 to 850 AD, the middle period, 1050-1680 to 1680 AD, and the late period, which is post-1680. Between the early and middle period, evidence has shown that many early statues were deliberately destroyed and rebuilt as the larger and heavier Moai for which the island is most famous. During the Middle Period, Ahus also contained burial chambers, and the images portrayed by Moai are thought to have represented important figures that were idolized after death. The biggest statue found dating back to the Middle Period measures about 32 feet tall and consists of a single block weighing about 82 tons. The Late Period of the island's civilization was characterized by civil wars and general destruction. More statues were toppled, and many maté or obsidian spear points, have been found dating back to that period. Island tradition claims that around 1680, after peacefully coexisting for many years, one of the island's two main groups, known as the Short Years, rebelled against the Long Years, burning many of them to death on a pyre constructed along an ancient ditch on the island's far northeastern coast. Now, obviously... They, the two groups were known as short ears and long ears. I assume that they did have short and long ears, which is odd, but I guess, I I know your stretching is a thing in different cultures, so maybe one tribe or group, it, they stretched their ears and the others didn't. Not completely sure, but, uh, hold up, I'll look that up real quick. Ah, yes, okay. The traditional interpretation of the names has typically been explained as a reference to the cultural practice of inserting ornaments into the earlobe to extend it. The long-eared groups, either using the ornaments to signify signify higher class status or ethnic difference from the unadorned short-eared people. So there you go. Now, we finally get to the heads, which are the mysterious part about the island. The Easter Island heads are very mysterious, and people up until recently were not sure how they were moved by ancient people. Now, as it does with all of the episodes, Diaslav Pass, this episode, The Bloop, etc. It comes back to aliens. Malaysian Flight 370 as well. So, some people think that the aliens came and helped the ancient people carve and move the heads which I think is a rather ridiculous explanation. There's there's no possible reason for aliens to do that, and aliens probably don't exist, in my opinion. But, I mean, they just moved the statues on their own. They wanted to honor the dead chiefs or whatever, and they built it. So I'm completely tossing aliens out of this episode that, no... It's not what happened. So, seeing as the heads were carved around 850 to 1680 AD, the people living there obviously didn't have cranes and heavy machinery to move the head, you know, because it was a long time ago. The people living there used ropes to pull it side to side and slowly move it across the island from the quarry where they carved it. Some of the statues are partially underground, and a couple have been excavated and found to have, have bodies. Now, the other statues, they also have bodies, which we knew that, but we thought that maybe some of the heads were just, that they were just heads. But they, have, all of them have bodies. As far, Well, we think they all have bodies, not all of them have been excavated. The dead chiefs that the statues were modeled after are buried beneath the statues in tombs. When the Dutch explorers landed, they asked the few people left on the island after the civil wars, slash maybe cannibalism, how they got the heads there, and they told them that they hadn't moved them, but the people before them had said that the island heads once lived by the volcano, and at one point had gotten up and walked over to where they sit. So, logically, that's not what happened. You never know. Now, there is this one very interesting part of the island where the entire bodies are exposed, and they have a bunch of them sitting in a line. Uh, It is called Ahu Tongariki. So, another mystery that people have solved is how some of the statues got their hats. So, if you look at the statues on Ahu Tongariki, one of them has a hat, and a couple of the other ones also have hats that are just sitting around the island. Now, the hats are called pukao. Archaeologists think that the early people of Rapa Nui used ramps and ropes to pull the pukao, which the heaviest weighs 11 tons, up ramps and onto the moai. So, these hats, they're huge clay-colored things, and they're probably at least like 6 feet tall. And they're just sitting on top of the statues, and the statues wear hats. It's really odd, actually. So a few years ago, I'm not sure when it was, but they did a study on Easter Island to see how they might have gotten the statues there. And they got a group of volunteers, and they used one of the Moai, and they tied the ropes to it and they pulled it side to side, and they rocked it a good ways across the island just to prove that it was able to be done and that you could do that, in fact, and that's probably how they were able to move the statues. Now, something that does make me curious is how they got all the stuff to do it, because if you look at Easter Island, it really doesn't have trees at all. So I assume when people lived there, they probably didn't have trading ships going there, obviously, because I'm sure Easter Island now has supply ships for the inhabitants. But they they had to survive on their own, so they probably built huts and stuff out of dirt, or maybe dug into the hillside. I'm not sure. Other, like for example, cultures in India... Used to do that. They'd build clay huts or dig into the side of mountains. There is a spot in Georgia, actually. Not Georgia the country. Not Georgia the state, but Georgia the country. So they have very interesting, like... I'm not not sure what it's called. It's this very long name. But it's this intricate mountainside carving where people used to live. Oh, well... I looked up Georgian mountainside carving. Apparently, there's quite a few of them. Okay, I'm sorry, I can't find it, but there is a spot in Georgia, the country, where they have these this huge, on the side of a rock, uh, mountain face, they just carved houses into it, and it has intricate stairways and stuff. It's extremely cool. Now, if you would like to look into that, Feel free. It's cool. Very interesting. So, uh, I guess that concludes our Easter Island Head episode. And I hope you'll join us next week on The Redhead Murders. Uh, Thank you for listening.